sixth grade, I developed these food allergies. And so it first became a mild intolerance just to eggs and a little bit of dairy. And then it got a little worse. It became gluten, dairy, eggs, almonds. And so it came to be into the form of eczema, which is like a little patch of skin that's a little itchy. And so as a growing teen with an appetite, I'm sure all the moms in the house can kind of see that, that it was really hard just to resist the foods that I really wanted, a burger, a milkshake, just the eating birthday cake. I couldn't really do that at my friend's birthdays. And so for a long time, I just neglected my allergies and I just ate what I wanted to eat and kind of indulged in that. And so my eczema, these patches of skin became really bad. And so it came all over my arms, all over my neck, my back. And it was so bad until um, I would scratch them until I bled. And so I was so tired of it in middle school when you're trying to figure out who you are, what's your identity, that I was like, you know what? I'm done with this, I'm gonna do the diet. Because it was so bad that I wouldn't even go outside with a short sleeve shirt on. I would go in with a long sleeve shirt, maybe a jacket, just to cover up because I was so insecure. And I would say that in that, God was merciful. And you're like, what? God is merciful. You're telling me you had to go through all that that you didn't want to go outside, that you were so insecure? How are you so confident today? A lot of people ask me that, and it's not because of me, it's because of God. What I didn't know was that God was preparing me, that he allowed that eczema and allowed those food allergies to help me become who I am today. That he let me be insecure so that I can learn to be dependent on him for my confidence. That he would allow me to go through this very strict diet so I could learn to be disciplined. And so I can learn to say no to the things that weren't good for me. And I didn't know it. But soon I would be saying no to the temptations and the lies of the devil. He was preparing me. And in, in the moments, there was a lot of stressful nights, crying nights, angry nights, frustrated nights, where I just didn't understand why I was going through this. Why couldn't God just heal me? If he can breathe his life, say the word, think the thought, why can't he just heal me? Right? But then I stopped focusing on the process that God was putting me through and focusing on the product that God was making in me. So I want to invite you today to switch your perspective, change your mind, and see what is God making in you. He will complete the good work that he has started in you. All the glory and honor goes to him. Thank you, guys. Hey guys, are you enjoying this youth service? I think it's awesome. So you might have seen me running around with the camera before. My name is Bless and I've been at Calvary for the past two years. And during that time, I've had a lot of spiritual growth and been able to just have so much good fellowship inside our awesome youth group. I was baptized right here uh, two years ago and I'm just so grateful for Calvary and what God's been doing in my life lately. So last year I heard about camp and I heard that it was fun and that it was cool and that God was there and I knew my friends were going. So I decided to go, but besides that, I 
really didn't know that much about it. In a literal sense, I walked into the room to get my head checked for lice. But by that night, I was on the floor weeping with hundreds of other high schoolers and middle schoolers, moved by the goodness and the presence of God. And I knew right off the bat that God was going to do something in my life. I had been praying uh, off and on for the, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to receive the gift of tongues. And I, was, I knew that's what I wanted to come out of the week with. I wanted the next level. And in my case, God doesn't always work exactly when you want him to. You have to work with his timing because he's seen your whole life and he knows exactly what should happen and when. But in that certain case, um, God had the same thing in mind as me. And so I was, Wednesday morning, I was worshiping and pressing in the hardest that I ever have. And people came and prayed for me. And I had this conviction that God was going to do something. And I was calling out to him. And all of a sudden, the words that I was calling out, I never heard and I never learned. And I had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it gave me such joy to experience God's faithfulness for myself. Stories are great things, but there's nothing like having a one-on-one experience with Jesus. And I want each and every one of you to have a personal relationship, a firsthand experience with God. And right now, uh, bear with me, this is a metaphor. You might be living in the basement of your parents' spiritual life your pastors, your mentors, your friends, maybe even your spouses. And as great as that house might be, as great as their spiritual life might be, it's not yours. It's time to move out and that's also something that I learned. And even if you have moved out and you have created your own personal relationship with Jesus, a house is never a home until it's furnished. Fill it up. God is always offering you the next opportunity. He always has something next. His plan for you is like never ending. It's like Geometry Dash. Any of you play Geometry Dash? It never ends. I'm not kidding. And I'm not, and when God offers you an opportunity, you have to take it. It's hard, but you have to. And I'm not trying to make any of you feel like you're being unfaithful. You're not doing enough for God. 100% not doing that. I want to encourage each and every one of you. Because each and every one of you is anointed and your cup is overflowing even if you're not looking at it, or even if you're staring right at it and not able to believe it, your cup is overflowing. You are highly favored by the most high God. But when you're at the level that you're at and God unveils that hidden staircase and you're taking the uncertain steps upward into the unknown, or he opens that elevator that you thought was broken and you're riding up to the next level, but it's shaking and it's creaking and you're scared and you're not sure if you're gonna be able to come out of it the same way that you came in, trust him. It's that element of faith, of trust that takes you to the next level. God sparks the fire, but you have to kindle it. The biggest thing that I learned at camp was that when your will aligns with God's perfect will, he is faithful and he moves. The only thing that you have to do, that we have to do, is to look into the eyes of our Father, of our King, of our Savior, and say, yes, Lord, I am willing. All right. Good morning, Calvary. So I'm Nate. 
I'm a student at youth, um, going to my senior year, and I'm gonna show you to you guys a testimony of mine. So, uh, right now, I'm in high school, you guys know that, and from the beginning of high school, I decided to take my relationship with Christ seriously and to build a stronger relationship with him. And one of the things which I really yearned for within building that relationship was hearing the voice of God. But there was an issue. The thing was, the way I was expecting God to speak to me was not the way that he wanted to speak to me. So I would spend many nights praying, yearning for the voice of God, expecting it to sound like a mighty voice from heaven, like what Moses heard at the burning bush. But in reality, sometimes it's not like that. A couple weeks ago, or four weeks ago, our youth group, we went to camp, just like what Bless talked about. It was awesome. It was life-changing. We had so much fun. And one of the reasons why it was life-changing is because that was the first time I hear, heard God's voice. So, over camp, one thing I was praying for specifically was guidance for my future, because I have college applications coming up, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to major in and who I'm going to be when I grow up. And I just really wanted to know what God wanted to do for my future because it's his will and not ours, right? So within praying, I was expecting to hear the voice of God to tell me what to do. But instead of hearing that mighty voice, which I expected from God in my head, I heard the voice of my leaders instead. They told me exactly what I prayed for, guidance and callings over my future, and they confirmed it all. You see, the thing is, we're kind of, we, we set expectations which sometimes can't be met from God because God works in his own mysterious ways. We can't limit him to how we want him to speak to us. We have to open ourselves up so that he can speak to us in any way that he wants, right? So God can speak to us through others. And another great thing, he can also speak to us through the Bible. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 16, it says that, the Bible is there for correction, for righteousness, for rebuking, all of that. It provides it for us. Sometimes we get caught up with praying to Jesus, expecting to hear an answer when he's laid it out right in front of us. His word is an answer to all our solutions, but sometimes we can neglect that. So one thing I want to leave with you guys today is Jesus wants to build a deeper relationship with you, and he's knocking at the door. All we have to do is answer it. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, family. <laughs> oh, man. This is kind of like a Wednesday night. If I, if I happen to say tonight, it's because I'm, I'm just used to preaching at night. Um, but we're in morning time. I got to get my head there. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Good? Hey, I have the honor and the privilege uh, of leading our youth ministry. And, man, these guys, honestly, they could just do it themselves. <laughs> They're so good. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed kind of some of the things that we uh, have been doing today. And so I'm going to kind of wrap things up with getting into God's word today. Uh, so, by the way, if you have a youth student, we invite you to bring them by on Wednesday night, 7 p.m., right across the way here in our gym. Uh, like Daniel said, we've got Nerf Wars coming up this week and outdoor service after that. It's going to be uh, a lot of fun. Uh, but what you just saw... And what you just heard were, were some stories from some of our students, right? And 
Um, how many of you guys enjoyed hearing those stories, right? Those testimonies, yeah, of what God's doing. Yeah, we're giving it up for Jesus because he's doing some pretty incredible work in their life. I mean, you heard a little bit of my story earlier. Um, other people's stories are great, but it's nice to have your own, right? Have you ever been uh, a part of a group or something and you heard people making a joke and it was kind of like an inside joke and you weren't a part of it? And then, you know, maybe you said something just to fit in. It, it's just not, it's not the same when you don't have your own story. Um, I, I left something down here. If you could toss that up this way. Um, how many of you guys know who this is? How many of you guys know who this is? This is Bucky. Um, this is actually Bucky Jr. I had a bigger Bucky, but he's in Puerto Rico with one of our leaders. Um, I don't know how he ended up there, but... This is Bucky. Um, like a, a, probably a couple months ago, whenever Bucky's made its way into Florida, a lot of people told me about Bucky's. They told me it was this awesome place. They told me it had uh, as many gas pumps as I can imagine. It had beef jerky. It had barbecue sandwiches. They had all the the merch you could want. I mean, they said so many good things about Bucky's. I was in total disbelief. I'm like, guys, it's a gas station. It's a gas station. How good could it be, right? The best gas station I had been to, I don't know, Wawa or something. And so I was like, guys, it's just, but they were, they were bent upon having me experience Bucky's, right? They told me all the stories, but it was a different feeling when I walked through the door of Bucky's. We have those pictures up there. Look at that. That's incredible. It was a different feeling when I pulled in that parking lot. They've got like a hundred gas pumps at every Bucky's. There's always an open gas pump. They've got a deli just for beef jerky. They've got hot sandwiches. They've got, uh, you know, like almonds and candied nuts. They've got everything you want. It's like a Bass Pro and a Wawa, and then you injected it with steroids. That's what Bucky's is. <laughs> Bucky's is awesome. I love me some Bucky's, right? But I hope you catch where I'm going with this. I think too many of us as Christians, we've heard all about God's presence. We've heard all about God's miracles, the healings, the testimonies of what God is doing in people's lives. Meanwhile, our life still feels a little incomplete. Our life still feels like we've not really connected. And here's the big idea today. And so if you're taking notes, what do we say at youth note takers are? world changers. So if you're taking notes, you should be. Here's the big idea for today. Don't settle for a secondhand story when you can have a firsthand encounter. Don't settle for a secondhand story when you can have a firsthand encounter. Some of you guys might be saying, well, Pastor Eric, I, I reached out to God, but he didn't hear me. He didn't give me an answer. A lot of us at one point in our time, maybe even right now, have felt like Nathaniel in that video, maybe we had a breakdown, we hit rock bottom, maybe our fears are too overwhelming, maybe we're just looking for some sign in the sky or a voice like Nate talked about that is going to speak out one day and say, Timmy, I see you. And while I have you, stop eating that ice cream at midnight. It's bad for you. But I love how Nathaniel quoted the Psalms there. Sometimes when we don't have 
the words to pray, the Psalms, gives us a couple examples. But I want us to know today, I want to give us some hope today. God's here and he wants to meet with you. He's here today. Our students that have been up here, man, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They've been praying for you. And if you've been missing out on an encounter with God, today is the day. Some of you guys, just like Nate, have been asking, God, what is your will for my life? What's your will? The will that I don't know. Well, like Nate talked about, his word is his known will. Start there. And I believe that when we spend time with God, he's going to speak to us. So let's open our Bibles. Matthew 6, 6 is the first place. And we're going to bounce around a little bit. So if you don't uh, get there quick enough, it's okay. You can just write down these references. And I believe these are going to help encourage you. Matthew 6, 6 says, but when you pray, by the way, not if, but when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. Here's another couple scriptures for you. Matthew 6, 33, it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything you need. I'm going to go kind of quick here. James 4, 8, come close to God, and God will come close to you. Proverbs 2, 6, for the Lord grants wisdom, and from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. And in Matthew 11, it says, come to me, all who are weary, take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Those are just some of the examples where God is communicating with us that he wants time with us. Again, we can't live off of other people's stories. We have to step in. We have to have our own encounter with God. And let me just clarify. Sometimes our moment with God isn't a movie scene moment. Yes, some of us go to a conference or a retreat or we come up and we hear Pastor Josue's amazing voice or we hear Heavenly's voice and we're like, oh my gosh, I just, oh God. Oh my God. Not all the moments are like that. Although that would be interesting. Sometimes we just got to make it happen. We just got to get in the game, get in his presence. Um, Back in college, just a little bit about me. I actually studied exercise physiology. So uh, I'm a personal trainer. I do some personal training here and there. And everybody wants to know what is the magic formula? What's the quick fix? What is the shortcut to getting those six-pack abs or losing all my fat. And I think most of us know the answer, right? It just comes down to some consistent uh, healthy eating, some consistent exercise. Some of us just hope the answer is more glamorous than that. Half the battle, for those of us uh, who do workouts, half the battle is just getting to the gym, honestly. The other half is finishing the workout. Last week, Pastor Danny, we were in the Winning in the Weight series, and Pastor Danny told us about the story of Florence Chadwick, right? How many of you guys remember that? Right? She swam across the English Channel. The first time she actually gave up uh, and because it was just too hard. She couldn't see the finish line. And on her way in from her first attempt, she saw how close she was to the shoreline. And she completed it the next time around. I just wonder how many of us in here are so close to a breakthrough. We're so close to seeing God move in our life. We just don't know if we can pray another prayer. We just don't know if we can come to another church service. We don't know if we can give God any more because we felt like we've given him so much already. 
But I, I want to give you some hope this morning. God sees you. From his perspective, the shoreline's so close. Just got to keep swimming. Galatians 6, 8 through 9 says this, but those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we'll receive the harvest of blessing if we don't give up. We don't need a quick fix or a magic formula. What we do need is consistency to help us be set up for success. So I'm just going to give you three simple, really simple, quick tips to making sure you have an encounter with God consistently. They might not sound like the most glamorous or preachy uh, quotes, okay? So if you want that, just come back next week and hear Pastor Kevin, all right? And he'll give you, he'll give you the best, all right? He's about, can you guys make some noise for our senior pastors, our leadership? Pastor Kevin and Maria, guys, thank you so much. Thank you so much for allowing our students uh, to be a part of today's service. It really is an honor um, to be here and to be a part of what God is doing. Uh, so go ahead and write these down. Number one, the first tip to making sure an encounter with God happens. Number one, you got to schedule your appointment. Schedule your appointment. Simple as that. There's a great guy named Sam Mayo, and he said, never, never, never miss your appointment time with God. Some of you guys have heard that if you uh, fail to plan, you plan to fail, right? Disciplined people know that the beginning of your day starts the night before. Set three alarms. Wake up early. Set your coffee maker to brew when you wake up. Have your Bible and your journal and your pen set out on the table and ready to go. For those of us that are parents in the room, it's going to require us waking up a little early. And I know that's hard. Trust me, I'm there right now. <laughs> it's hard to get up early. Sometimes we're up all night. But you'll never regret time in his word because that's God speaking to you. Don't ever believe the lie that God isn't speaking when his word is right there in front of you. You'll never regret it. And don't be legalistic, okay? It, if you miss a day, it's okay. Just don't miss two. <laughs> Schedule your appointment. Hopefully you've heard this before. God's not really paying, <laughs> paying close attention uh, to your church attendance streak. And for all the parents in the room, God doesn't pay attention to that Snapchat streak, so watch it, students. All right? <laughs> he cares about your heart. Are you going to prioritize him? Are you going to prioritize time with him? You're going to prioritize the things you care about, so if you really desire a relationship with Jesus, make it a priority. Number two, we're moving right along. Number two, just do it. How many of you guys have heard that before? Huh? Little Nike action. Just do it. Don't think about praying. Just do it. Don't just talk the talk. Walk the walk. Nike's slogan is so simple, right? Just do it. Do you guys know how they got that slogan? Anyone know that story? Nike got the slogan, just do it, because someone in their office uh, was reminiscing on a story. Actually, I think it was um, a criminal in Oregon, because Nike's from Oregon, um, who killed the family, and then, I know this is, we're not going to get more gruesome than that, but they asked the guy, do you have any last words? And he said, just do it. Whoa. It's crazy how that stuck, but oftentimes I feel like, you know, he was ready for the thrill. I feel like for us, a lot of us treat time with God like a chore, not a thrill. 
I wonder if it's because we think we're going to gain something out of that time. We're not, we're not spending time with God to get his stuff. We're spending time with God to get him. Even worship for some of us has become a ritual. For some of us that have been following Jesus for a long time, we just throw our hands up and we just start repeating the words. Some of us don't truly worship God anymore. We're afraid to engage anymore maybe because we just, we just don't feel it. I want to challenge you with something. I, I had this thought, what if we walked into worship with a just do it mentality? That even if we didn't feel it emotionally, we went up to the front. We started to put our hands up. We started to sing the songs. What if we started to engage physically and then our heart would follow? Yeah. Paul said, Paul said, I beat my body and I make it my slave. Paul knew that when he wasn't feeling it, and gosh, if there's anyone that may not have been feeling it, it would have been Paul. And he knew that it was time for his disciplines to kick in the gear. Psalms 103 verses 1 and 2, you can put that up there. Psalms 103 is a perfect example. Like I said, if you don't have the words to pray, look in the Psalms. David said this, let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. That's the second verse. He's not, I didn't repeat that. May I never forget the good things he's done for me. David right there, what he's doing, he's telling his heart, he's telling his soul, no, I'm gonna, you're, we're gonna praise. I might not feel it right now, but it's time to start praising God because just because I don't think he's good, just because I don't feel that he's good, he is. It's not enough to live off of another person's story and experience about God. It's time for us to get our own. We need to just do it. And the last point, number three, of making this thing happen is repeat. Number one, schedule your appointment. If you don't have a calendar, you should be using it. <laughs> number two, just do it. Show up. Make it happen. Spend, carve out that time with God. And then repeat. Hopefully, you brush your teeth, all of you. I can smell some of you who haven't this morning. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but hopefully you do. One of my favorite icebreaker questions anytime I'm in a group setting is to ask the question. So, like, tell me your name and then tell me what type of toothpaste you use. Now, why would I ask that? Okay, it's not because I'm a weird guy. It's because I want to know, do you brush your teeth? All right, you, you hopefully should be staring at that tube of toothpaste two times a day at a minimum. All right, so if you take too long to answer or you can't tell me what brand of toothpaste you use, something's off, all right? <laughs> and it's your breath. Okay? Hopefully, you're staying disciplined with your teeth brushing. You listen to your dentist. If you don't go to the dentist, you need to. That takes some discipline. Hey, so does time with God. So does reading our Bible. This is, we got to stop making it so spiritual sometimes and really just say, hey, are you spending time with God today? Is that your priority? Are you putting your money where your mouth is? Are you going to do it? If you don't know what to do in that time, let me give you some examples. There's some spiritual disciplines that we can be implementing in our life right now. And students, this is for you. We talk about this all the time on a Wednesday night. So go ahead and write these down. Number one, you should be memorizing some scripture. You should be hiding God's word in your heart. Our student leaders memorize scripture every single month. Number two, take some time for silence and solitude. 
Go away. Get alone. Go out in nature. Just listen. Maybe you don't even need to pray all the things you're praying because you know what? God already hears you. Just sit there and enjoy God. Another thing you can do is a prayer walk. Some of you guys are restricting yourself to your closet because that's the only place you think you can pray. So you can pray outside. Maybe your workplace needs a breakthrough. Maybe you should take a walk around your workplace and start praying God's word around your workplace. Maybe your school needs Jesus. Maybe you can start taking some walks around the cafeteria at your school and start praying. Maybe your church, somebody in your church needs a breakthrough. Maybe you can call them up and say, hey, meet me in front of the sanctuary. We're going to pray until God shows up. We're going to fast together. Maybe you can start fasting, even if it's just a meal. There's some spiritual disciplines that you can do to encounter God. Habits aren't formed overnight. But I loved what our friend Jeannie Mayo said. She said, with time, habit becomes stronger than reason. Wow. Even when it feels like you don't have a reason, you do it because it's a habit. So what if we've been praying for a long time? It feels like God hasn't answered. Man, here's the (laughs) craziest truth about Jesus See, when we feel like we haven't heard from God, when we feel like we haven't connected with God, we can't give up because God hasn't given up on us. He's the only God to never give up on pursuing us. He's the only love that will never stop until he finds you. No other God, no other religion, nothing else in all creation can offer that. Even when we're at our lowest point, God sees us. If you've been waiting for that sign, that moment to connect with God, today's the day, guys. Today's the day. And so I want to kind of wrap up with a story, a story that most of us are familiar with because if you're still not convinced that a firsthand encounter is going to change your life, I need you to know how the Father feels about you. All right, the story is something, it's one that we all know. It's the prodigal son, right? The story that most of us don't even realize the depth of. We know the father in the story. He's got two sons, an older one and a younger one. And the younger son asks for his portion of the inheritance so that he can go and live his life. And so he goes out from the father's house. He goes and takes the money, spends it all, uh, squanders it. He ends up having no money left, being so hungry that the job he's at, he asks for the food that they give to the pigs. That's, that's the low point that he's at. And he decides that he's going to come back home because, man, working for the father's got to be better, better than this. And what he doesn't realize is that when he comes back home, the father loves him more than he could imagine and starts to give him more. Not just anything, the best of the best. We assume that prodigal means lost. But if you look at the definition of prodigal, it actually means something different. It means to spend recklessly, to be wastefully extravagant, to give in a lavish way. You can put up that Luke 15 scripture. This is what it says in Luke chapter 15 in the story. It says, so he returned home to his father and while he was still a long way off, His father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, 
and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. The son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So let the party begin. So who's prodigal? Quick, bring the best robe that we have. I want the purple Louis Vuitton robe, the Dior robe, only the best, not the Target brand. Don't bring that stuff over here. And get my signet ring, by the way. My signet ring lets people know that this is my son. So you better get him that. And you know what? I've got one of one Jordans. There's only one pair ever been made before. We need to get that and put it on his feet because his feet have been hurting. He needs the best. And oh, that cow we've been saving? That steak we've been saving for the 50th celebration, anniversary celebration, we need that now. I need the prime rib. I need the fillets. I need the tomahawk steaks. They need to be cooked to perfection because tonight is a party. My son is home. My son was dead, but now he's been brought back to life. My son was lost, but now he's been found. Let the party begin. Our God is a prodigal God. He's willing to spend recklessly, give lavishly. In the world's eyes, wastefully extravagant, just to convey his compassion and love for us. Notice in the story, before the son even makes it home, the father was watching. The father was looking. He was on the lookout. And he's looking for you. Looking out the window every day, <laughs> waiting your return. If you feel far off from God, here's the truth. He's already started running to you right now. God never stops pursuing us. He's a prodigal God. And for our older brothers in the room, I love what it says in Luke 15, 31, and this is the last verse where the father talks to the older brother who feels a little slighted. And this is what he says. He says, son, you've always stayed by me and everything that I have is yours. Today, Jesus wants to tell you the same thing. Everything that he has is yours. I love what Kylie said earlier when we were taking up the offering. God didn't give us 50%. He didn't give us 75%. He gave us 100%. In the story, he already gave the son his portion of the inheritance, and the father had more to give. I just want to tell you this morning, the father's got more to give to you. If you feel like his love has run out for you, it's not. He still loves you. And the invitation is open. If you've never had a relationship with Jesus, would you want to have one today? The Father's waiting. And maybe you have had a relationship with God, but it's been a minute. It's been a little while since you've connected with him. I want to invite you to reconnect with God today. We're going to do something simple as we close. We're actually um, just going to have a song. We, we're going to have one more moment and I invite you, if, whether it's your first time connecting with God or whether you need to connect with him because it's been a while, I, I want to invite you to, to come to the front and just have an altar moment with the Lord. We're only going to take a few minutes to do that in just a second. But the invitation is open. And that's how we're going to close tonight. And first, I, I do want to give an opportunity for those 
who, man, you'd say, I have never had a relationship with Jesus. I've never really connected with God, but I wanna start today. And all I want you to do is just throw up a hand real quick. If, if that's you, if, you're, if you'd say, man, I need a relationship with God. I need to rekindle that flame. Would you go ahead and raise your hand with me? And we wanna pray with you before we jump in. It's our altar moment. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so here's how we're gonna, here's how we're gonna end this. I want us to just stand together. And as Pastor Josue starts to play, we're just gonna worship God. We're gonna connect with him because God's here. He's in this place and he wants to speak to you. It might not be a loud, audible voice, but he's gonna speak. Maybe you need to open your Bible and maybe you need to open your journal, write some things down. Maybe you need to come up here and just kneel before the Lord and just empty out some prayers to him. Maybe you just need to listen and allow him to do his thing. And so as I pray, you can even just go ahead and get out of your seat and make your, make your way up. Lord, we, we close our time together today just remembering your grace and your goodness and your love for us, Lord. Lord, we wanna, we wanna make a change today. We wanna shift today. We don't wanna live off of other people's stories. We want a firsthand encounter with you. We want a personal relationship with you. We wanna know you, God. We want to know your love. And so Lord, tonight, this morning, <laughs> we give our hearts to you, Lord. So Jesus, we're going to worship you with all of our heart. In your name, amen. Let's worship together.
It's all about Jesus. Lift up your voice with me and sing. Let's sing all together. Come on, sing. It's all about you. It's all about you. Oh, it's all about you. It's all about you. It's all about you. Oh, nothing else matters.
thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.